Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld It's just a regular day, it's gay command and it might be hard to understand Welcome back, everyone, to Three Fresh Short, Unearthing the Stargate. <laughs> We're hitting you with another double episode. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we got the season one finale, and then we can't leave you on a cliffhanger. This is not 1998, where we have to wait three months. We'll just slide right into season two, episode one. We might wait three seconds, but yeah. not three months. Is, yeah. Does it seem crazy to anyone else that we're at the end of season one? I love that for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of us. We made it. We did it. So, I need like an achievement badge for that. Do I mark this episode in Anchor as season one, episode 21 or season two, episode one? Ooh, I'll let you figure that one out. Thanks. However you like. <laughs> Ooh, that's a I, tough one. That is tough, but I feel like this might be. A season two sort of thing. We might be on season two now. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, because it's really like the pre-telling and then into season mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. versus season two wrapping up season one. This sets us up for but season it, two. It might feel like season two for us, too. Like we we just started mm-hmm. uh, doing lives. We can do that now on TikTok. Us. Yay. Yay. Thanks to Christina telling everybody to go follow me. <laughs> While I was very unsafely driving in my car on my way to work, I haven't posted in like weeks or like consistently. And I was like, oh, I will. I got to say something. They did it. You guys came through. It did. It's amazing. In fact, I went well, well over a thousand. I'm at eleven hundred yeah. something right now. I, so. Yeah, I got an influx, too. Thank yeah. you. Um, Thank you guys are welcome. I had to support, even if it was in the bathroom at work. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that was awesome. You know what? Don't say that I don't do anything for us. Okay, I got us to be able to go live. That's my contribution. Yes. So we're fun. we're gonna start doing more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yet another place that you can reach out to us for, uh, you know, comments and and musings and observations and questions. Um. We had a good time the first, the first, we, I mean, we went two hours, so that was pretty amazing. It flew by. Yeah. It sure did. Yeah. <laughs> it really I was like, did. Well, I'm sorry, what? Two hours? Because I had told my, um, I had told writer, I was like, oh, you know, we're not going to actually do the podcast tonight. We're just going to go live for a little bit. And I had told her dad, it won't be that long, you know, no big deal. <laughs> so he's like out there like waiting, like, okay. And eventually like an hour in, I was like, oh, two um, hours later. So sorry. You can go. My bad. Uh, yep. But we're still talking. We're still having fun. So, yep. 
So look for good. more of those if you're of the TikTok variety. We will we will be going live occasionally. Mm-hmm. Speaking of TikTok, we got a wonderful email today. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys noticed, but it started as a DM on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. She asked us, hey, what's your email? I'm like, this is it. By the way, we're recording tonight. If you send it to us today, we'll be able to read it. And mm-hmm. she did. She came through. And later on today, I saw that she got a TikTok account and mm-hmm. followed me. Um, yep. and, and all me. of you guys yeah. too. Yeah. Yep. So welcome. Um, so we'll, I, we would like to start by reading your wonderful email. It and is quite wonderful. <laughs> let me pull it up. So does anyone want to volunteer to read? Maybe take I, turns. We can, I'll start it off. I can start. Go for it. All right. So my Stargate story. Bonjour, Sarah, Christina, and Rebecca. Bonjour. Since, bonjour. <laughs> since English is not my mother tongue. I love that you said mother tongue. Um, I was a little afraid to write you this email that might be full of mistakes. It's not. I no problem. It was beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so if by any chance you read it, we are. Um, we are not needing to correct anything. Okay, so let's start. My name is Cindy. Hi, Cindy. I'm French. I live in a city near Paris, and this is my story with Stargate SG-1. Stargate started in 1998 here in France. As a 1986 baby, I was around 11 or 12 when I watched my first, very first episode, and what an episode. It was Broca Divide. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. She goes, this is funny because I remember very well my first meeting with Stargate. A September evening, new school, new people, new city. My parents divorced this very year, so everything was wrong in my little life. Just imagine a young teenager full of hormones and very weird temper. You got it. That's me. Girl, I love this. You need to like write stories and books. I love your, your email. So this evening, I was really pissed and about to end the world and its inhabitants because my favorite TV show got canceled like forever. And you know what? My family just didn't care at all about my distress. Remember the full of hormones thing. Oh, girl, I remember those days. Um, I was there standing alone in the living room with this deep impression of emptiness when something on TV caught my eye. There was this blonde woman in the locker room who had literally jumped at that man's lips and kissed him so wildly. (laughs) All the Carter Jack fans shipping Um, eyes wide open and locked on TV. Who the heck was this woman and this man? Oh, my God. They are so sexy. (laughs) They are not going to do that on the bench. Yes, do it. Keep in, keep in mind the young teenager stuff. <laughs> That's where it started for me. I love this. love this. I watched the entire episode because I wanted to know who they were, and Stargate got me. From that moment on, I continued to watch every episode, day after day, for 10 years, just to see if Sam and Jack were going to end up together. Girl, same. <laughs> um. I'll just keep going. It's just, and then finally yeah. watching every episode made me fall in love with Egyptology, astronomy, sci-fi, Daniel Jackson, same girl, same. <laughs> Later, Jack O'Neill. This show left a deep imprint on my youth and still today. It's my favorite TV show ever and moreover, it's my comfort TV show. Mm. Same. I had a rewatch last year during the chaotic 2020. It really helped me find solace through this pandemic. The unknown and my stay at the hospital. I'm so sorry um, you were in the hospital. And I hope you were well now. I'm so glad it lasted 10 seasons and two films. 
I'm so delighted that nearly 25 years later, I can still discover people like you three and your podcast. I'm so pretty damn sure Sam and Jack did end up together because, hey, he got her to fish. And while she's not exactly single, you're right. Thanks to the three of you for making us relive each episode. You are my weekly rendezvous during my running training session when you don't make me laugh too much so I can't run anymore. Take care and have a great day. And I c- can only read Merci beaucoup. Et, uh, toutes les trois vous êtes fantastique, I think. Cindy. Cindy, please tell me whether I pronounced that right or not. Um, and I, then I it, love your close the iris. I, I never would have thought to use this emoji use the little swirl for the close the iris. It's perfect. I love it. I love it. Thank you. It was a very beautiful email. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I love the fact that he basically started out as a shipper from the go. And, and that's what hooked you. And I love that. And that just proves that shipping isn't just silly or stupid or some people like don't get it and it's like that's what draw that's what drew you into the whole show and it it helped you discover everything about the show mm-hmm. so i love that absolutely i'm still impressed that you can listen to a podcast and run that's i'm still i'm just hung up on that like <laughs> like i could like, not do that i'm so impressed I may like challenge and now this is creating a challenge because I'm excited. So I have the weekend. My daughter's going to be at her dad's and finally have some gym time to go back in. And I'm, I'm going to try to see what it's like to like go run with our podcast play (laughs) and just see. And kudos to you, Cindy. I mean, I could run to the theme song, but (laughs) just, just loop that. Just just loop the first part of it. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Cindy. Yes. And welcome to TikTok. I hope you enjoy your stay. <laughs> We're it's a wild, 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 wild place over there. Yeah. We have fun though. So yeah. Thank you again for writing us. I'm glad you were able to get it in and we could read it tonight as we record. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so do we have any other news for our little news corner other than us going live on TikTok and maybe making that like a a thing no uh well i said it in the live but i'll say it here too i just i got back from fanex salt lake city um Mm -hmm. it was amazing um got to meet colonel dave got to meet wraith bait got to meet biscuits and gravy and uh sammy soul so all these TikTokers. Um, and yeah, if if you are one of the people that might start listening to our podcast that I told to listen to it from the con, let us know. Um, I would love to know if you're listening and if you are enjoying it. So uh, yeah. And anybody else that wants to reach out, please do at 3 Podcast at gmail.com. The, the number or the word three. FriesShortPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you got that in quick this time. I know. I know I did. But uh, I, I'm just very curious to see. I mean, because sometimes when you if you start following a new podcast, it, it'll give you the most recent episode. So I'm like any fan Xers out there that I like shoved mm. our podcast down your throat. You, you out there, you listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, we mentioned this on the live, but who did you meet? Oh, yes. Well, I um Aside from all my wonderful TikToker friends, which yes, was in fact 
the best reason for me to go out there. Honestly, it's all of you that I got to meet and how awesome that experience was. But uh, in addition to that, uh, Colin Cunningham, who played Major Davis on quite a few episodes of Stargate SG-1, was at the convention. Um, He was promoting his... uh, among other things, he's trying to get a film made. So he was he actually screened the proof of concept for the feature film and then was telling everybody about that. And uh, so I went up to him and I chatted him about filmmaking and um, slid a uh, three fry short patch over to him and said, by the way, I have the Stargate podcast. Uh, and he immediately said, can I be on it? So I'm hoping that uh, that that's going to be a thing that's going to happen soon. I love that. I love. And uh, I would just like to send many thanks to Colonel Dave because he was the one that sacrificed his patch. Um, But you didn't have any extras on you, right? Not that day. He ended up having them later. And I was I had like was was about to rip my patch off of my uniform to give it to him. And Colonel Dave handed me his and I was like, oh, that's so nice. So, yeah, so thank you. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I have sent one text message so far. No response yet, but you know, it's a process. He's probably a busy, busy guy. I'm sure he's two, two, two. Correct. So I'm sure he has forgotten (laughs) that he said he would be on the podcast. Um, But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I also met a different person there who looks kind of like Jason Momoa, and we're trying to get him to come on to TikTok and be Ronan. Um, perfect uh who is also apparently his buddy so there might be some other ways we might be able to get around to him too so i love it yep that's all the news i had um i definitely just wanted to shout out big news yeah it is big it is. I live vicariously through you guys for like those couple days. I was constantly checking your TikToks. You, Colonel Dave, Sammy, like I was checking all of your stuff all the time. I was like, I need more. I need, I was, I need to know. I was obsessive about putting us in the same frame because when you do duets on TikTok, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you're in two completely different frames and you try to make it look, you know, however you want to make it. But the fact that I could like we like Sammy and I did the the Sam and and Jack conversation from Grace so good not yeah. not Sam and Jack Sam and Daniel conversation from Grace where Daniel's just being annoying and uh, Sam's like were you this annoying when you were ascended um, yeah and just being able to overlap us and put us in the same frame was just so exciting yeah <laughs> um, okay but yeah. that's awesome I, I pre apologize my child is climbing into the bunk bed above me. And <laughs> did not did not even notice. Nope. You're good. Okay. So pre apologize so, for the baby. Let's let's get into it. Yes. We've got cats, children, yep. dogs somewhere. They're already asleep again, probably. It just so. proves we're real people. <laughs> we certainly are. But let's let's get into it, guys. <laughs> it's a foot. <laughs> did you guys see that? Yes, we did. We saw a dangling foot. I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're getting into it. Um, Okay. Oh, so season one, episode twenty-one, within the serpent's grasp. This is our season finale. Season one finale, guys. Crazy. Um, So this is a continuation of basically the previous two episodes. And I also have a cat in my lap right now. She's trying to get comfortable um so this episode opens up 
with the SGC is they're going through the motions of being shut down. Paperwork is being shredded. Things are getting boxed up. Things are draped over like they're shutting everything down. And then Jack meets Hammond in his office and Hammond is basically talking about like how much paperwork is required and shutting down a facility. And it's not exactly the last brave act he wanted to do before retiring. And Jack is pretty much like asking him if he's really throwing in the towel. And Hammond tells him, well, I was a month away from retiring when we first started the SGC. So it's been a pretty wild ride as far as we got. And Jack doesn't really let up on it. And he's like, I don't think this is a ride that we should be getting off of. But Hammond tells him that he tried everything. He went back to Kindy's office twice and had to be forcibly removed <laughs> from his office. So I was... <laughs> I'm just oh, trying to imagine that. Like, seeing anybody forcibly remove Hammond from anywhere is... Like dragging yeah, him luck. away, kicking and screaming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Um, and as much as Hammond doesn't like it, they have their orders and he intends to follow them. So he is uh, a military man and he he's he tried valiantly um, within his power and was not successful. So it's over. No extensions, no reversals, no new hearings. The Stargate will be buried literally and figuratively. So Jack meets up with the rest of SG-1 in the control room. I wonder how like it was decided that he was the one to like, did they draw straws to be like, who's going to talk to Hammond? Like, is it, I don't want to talk to him. Like you talk to him. <laughs> they're, they're a um, fan of drawing straws. I mean, that's yeah. So, so Jack tells them Hammond has given up and the gate's going to be buried the day after tomorrow. Uh, very much. Dad said we aren't allowed to go. Vibes is what I put. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's Dad told me we can't have a sleepover, guys. Sorry, but we're still going to do it, right? Yeah. Okay. So Daniel insisted that they go through the gate to the address that he got in the alternate reality and that he knows what he experienced is real. Like he's still on that. He's like, this was real, guys. Like uh, I'm not crazy. Um, Sam points out that if they go through, they would be in gross violation of the orders and would face court martial, her and Jack would, uh, the moment they come back. And Jack replied with, if they got back. So he's already been thinking through this whole scenario of like, if we go through, it's probably going to be a one way trip. Um, so there's, I think there's a, hold on, guys. I got to kill a bug. I'll be right back. Please continue. <gasps> okay. Bra how brave of her how brave i want to know what kind go. of bug it is <laughs> i can see her in the reflection killing the bug i love this oh there's a oh, chair she's, involved she's, got she's a getting chair. a chair everyone yes this i'm sorry this is entertaining play by play free pause for play by play of sarah in the reflection okay now she's, she's getting up on the chair the cat mm -hmm. is watching her like what but, the heck are you doing Okay, she's going for it slow. She's uh -huh. like preparing like a predator uh -huh. to make the kill. Oh, oh did she oh. get it? She's off the ladder. She's off. She's throwing it away. She's got it. Moving the ladder back. Good. Clean up after yourself. Clean as you go. Good job. <laughs> yes. Okay. She's proud of herself. Everyone, we're watching, we're watching this reflection through a window that is usually behind her and is very small. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and she's, she's, she's got the blanket okay. back. Oh, there she is. Uh -oh. Stop talking about her. <laughs> Shut up, guys. 
Okay, so Daniel uh, stresses how dire the situation. We were talking about the, the podcast. <clears throat> oh Daniel. my God, I can't wait to hear what you guys were actually talking about. <clears throat> um, Rebecca, back on cue. Mm-hmm. We were gonna. We we're about to do the um, scripting of Daniel and Teal'c. Sure, yeah, that's mm, okay. that's exactly what was gonna happen. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna in go fact, in on Daniel. Yeah, you right? go ahead and start with that. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay, so this is um, expressing the direness of the situation. Daniel says, "Okay, well, don't you think we should see if we can stop the same slaughter from happening here? Let me ask you something, Jack. If we don't go through now, and the ghoul do attack later, how are you gonna feel?" And then Sam questions how they could even stop the attack. And Daniel says that they'd have a better chance of if they did something now instead of waiting. And Teal points out that if the address was not on the Abydos cartouche, the Gould might not expect them. And, and then, then we have... Well, or no, you're Carter. You're always, you're always, always Carter. Carter. Sarah, you want to be Teal? Yeah. So we get this awesome... This Teal'cism. <laughs> he says, I believe a medical attack could be successful. Surgical attack, Teal'c. It's called surgical attack. And I'd feel like an idiot. Sir? I was answering Daniel's question. If we don't do something now and they do attack later, I'd feel like an idiot. We go. I too will go. It's not an order, Captain. I understand that, Colonel. Thank you. I'm going. And then they meet in the control room dressed. I love their like their black BDUs. They're like going stealth. And I'm like, how do they know they're going to need black? <laughs> I know. They could be going to like a bright sunny place where Is they it, would just stick out like sore and thumbs. And like they're not like sneaking at night. Like they're they're in plain sight. Spoiler alert for a 20 year old TV show. <laughs> but isn't it in 200 where Walter like he's going to go join them through the gate and he he's is it isn't it Walter that's like how do you know how do you always know it was what Jonas. color it was, it was Jonas. Jonas. I remember that's right. that because that's right. I too thought I was like they I, all, I don't know. know do they call each other and like color coordinate because <laughs> there are different colors that they wear. They have like the green, they have the blue, black not like how do well, you so know? The, yeah, there's green and blue on the base. And then mm-hmm. there's like all the green and then there's also camo and then desert there's desert camo. camo and black. So it's <laughs> like at this point, though, if you see them in black on base, you're like, they're up to shit. That's what that signals to me. Yeah. They're, they're trying to get into some shit they're not supposed it's, to be doing. They're either, right. They're either up to shit or, you know, eventually it becomes, oh, they're going into space, you know, because like, yeah. they always wear black when they're on the spaceships. But yeah, yeah. I w- it was I Jonas. That's right. He's yeah. Like, How do you I know <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine, like, when they go off-world, they clearly, like, know, like, oh, we, okay, it's forest planet, so we need green, or it's desert planet, yeah. we need... But on base, they always match. How? Like, do you color... Hey, what, what it, color know, are we wearing well, today? Mili- okay, cool. Military. It's military uniform protocol, right? On Wednesdays, mm. we wear pink. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I also love the fact that Jack did not order Sam, and he gave her the choice. Yep. Um... He did not abuse any of his power, uh, but she was still like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, we're going. I'm going. She's like, I um, appreciate that, but fuck you. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't be rude. Um. Yeah. So they, so they meet there. They dial the gate. They disable the blast door so no one can get in. And then obviously buys them some more time. 
They send through the valve and they don't see any resistance. So the alarms are going off and Hammond opened the blast doors that they had previously disabled. Just as SG-1 rushed to the gate room and disappeared through the wormhole, just as Hammond, I love that you put enders the gate room. Hammond enters the gate room. (laughs) You know that he was secretly like, thank God they did it. There has to be a part. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. And then we go to the opening credits. Yep. And you want to take it back over? Yep. So they get through the other side and Daniel sends back the map ASAP, which is a good thing that he did because Mm -hmm. we'll find out. But there don't appear to be any doors, but Teal'c said gold typically hide entryways within the structures of their ship. Um, They're shipping containers, which indicates they're sending or receiving something through the gate. So this is where we get introduced to a very uh, integral weapon of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, who, Christina, do you want to read O'Neill? Yeah, I can just do O'Neill. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What are these things? So there's, um, a crate that shows two staff weapons, some smaller devices, and, and Tilk picks up one of the smaller devices. He says, This is a gold Zat Nicotel, a weapon used using a different form of energy, less powerful than a staff weapon, less destructive, but still quite deadly. Sweet. Pass them out. What do you call it? Zat Nicotel. Right. Let's call it a Zat gun, huh? How do you fire it? <laughs> one only needs squeeze here to fire. The ghoul take great pleasure in discharging the weapon only once on a subject, causing him great pain, disabling but not killing him. A second shot will kill most subjects. Um, and then we hear this kind of whining, worrying noise in the background, and it begins to build up in intensity, and even Teal doesn't know what's happening. And the sound continues to build. There's a clunk and a shimmering, and everyone except Teal goes flying across the room. Uh, <laughs> Daniel falls down. <laughs> Uh, the stairs in front of the gate and lands face down and they start to get up. Sam suggests that it was some kind of planetary shift and Teal'c is like, we need to get out of here. Something's not right. We got to go home. Daniel tries to dial out multiple times with no success. So something just happened where it's like, we can't even dial the gate anymore. Um, so a door to the room begins to open. SG-1 take cover um, and then six Jaffa march in. Daniel sees that he left his night vision goggles on the floor, so it's kind of like a suspense. Yeah, like, oh god, hopefully they don't notice us. Um, The Jaffa open a crate, and a large metallic sphere floats out of it to the Stargate, and it kind of just, like, floats in the middle of the Stargate. So, not gonna lie, like, I remember when that happened, like, at the time, I was like, that thing is cool. How did they get that to happen on TV? Like, you remember when, like, editing just was not what it is now? Mm -hmm. I remember watching this and being like, how did they do that? (laughs) <laughs> dumb dumb me anyway so continue well, it's kind of just a weird scene altogether because they just come in the gate room they let this floating ball like fly out hover in the gate and then they leave mm-hmm. like it took six Jaffa to do that weird but whatever okay. anyway <laughs> um so the door it's closes the buddy system <laughs> yeah like the door so then they just leave <laughs> And Teal'c says that it's a law, it's a gold long range of visual communication device, somewhat like your television, only much more advanced. I love this because when you like, too. think it gets showtime, can you open that door? Because they were on showtime at the time, right? Yep. So, yeah. And I think I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard a rumor that when it switched to the sci fi channel, they edited it to say, do you think it gets sci fi? 
or I I think unless I like mm-hmm. miss I made that up in my mind, but I think they re-edited it for like whatever channel it was on. Wow, I have no idea. I'll have to give it a goog. That's a good trip. Yeah, let's go. Let's goog that. Hi, Scare Bear. You want to say hi? You never come say hi. <laughs> hi, you were in the window. I didn't know. You want to say hi? Come here. Okay, bye. Nope, she doesn't. <laughs> She's like, nope. <laughs> she like skirted like the whole like right by the camera and like yeah. it was like, nope. Out. <laughs> so... Now that Teal'c knows where the door opened from, he can open it. So he opens the door, they move into the corridor, the doors close behind them, and they hide from the Jaffa on the other way and then move out of, you know. So there's there's a lot of action going on in these two episodes that where there's mm-hmm. not necessarily a lot of dialogue. Um, and something I also thought of was, like, these ghoul ships are, like, pretty well designed so that people can hide. Like, there's lots of hidey holes and hidey spaces. So many hidey holes. Like, mm-hmm. and we even see that in season two ep- finale, episode three or season three opener. God, I can't talk um, of like just perfect little hideaways where people can TV hide um, from marching Jaffa down the corridors. So back at the SGC, good old Walter confirms that it was SG1 and they went to the coordinates that Daniel brought back from the alternate reality, which is like a pretty hostile place for them to go. And Ferretti, so I didn't realize that this was Ferretti, but Ferretti from movie and um, Mm -hmm. Children of the Gods, he volunteers to take SG2 through the gate and to bring them back. He said Colonel O'Neill saved his butt more than once and he'd like to return the favor, but Hammond can't authorize it. We'll take it under consideration. So back on this, wherever they are, this facility, they're exploring. SG-1 is exploring and they come across a sarcophagus. And Jack asks Teal'c if they can tell what gold it belongs to, but Teal'c is distracted by something and doesn't reply. And Teal'c and Sam are looking out what appears to be a window and they now realize that they are on a ship and the jolt they felt earlier was hyperlaunch. So mm-hmm. that explains why they cannot gate out. Um, it's explained probably somewhere later in these notes but like they must have been in the orbit of a planet and that's how they were able to gate to it by using that point of origin now that they're not in that orbit anymore they can no longer use the gate so back at the sgc hammond is preparing to send sg2 through the same coordinates but the seventh chevron will not lock and there it was so funny because like Hammond knows what he's doing. He's it's a rescue mission. He wants to make sure SG1 is okay. But he had to emphasize that their officially primary mission is to bring back SG1 for court martial. Like he's like, this is the official reason I'm sending you. Like, you need to bring them back so that we can punish them. But like for real, I just want to make sure my peeps are okay. Like that's mm-hmm. what it ultimately came down to. It was. It was very smart. So now back on the ship, Jack asked Teal'c why he didn't mention that they were on a ship. And Teal'c is like, I'm a, I don't know. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. And this is accelerated. not common space person knowledge. It it's is not. not. And this ship accelerated very differently. And most of them don't contain sarcophagus. Stargates. Or stargates. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then we see a lone Jaffa sneak up on them. Sam kills him with the Zat. So two shots, and then Teal'c shoots him a third time. So then we get this piece of dialogue. Okay, one shot hurts him, two shots kills him, third shot disintegrates him. Oh, great. You didn't feel this was worthy of mention? 
I take it. Yes. And so, then the blast spread across the area. Blah, there's force field. And then... Tioko says, that's correct. There's no transparent material capable of withstanding this velocity. Or temporal displacement. We're traveling faster than light, right? That is correct. So the ship must have been in orbit around a planet when we gated here. Then it, it launched or left orbit, which would explain why we can't gate home. That should be Daniel. The point of origin isn't valid anymore. Right. Well, I suggest the two of you figure out how to get us back home. Sir, the only way that would be that would be to turn this thing around and go back to where we started. And then Daniel's right. I'll just go tell the pilot. <laughs> It was really funny, too. He was super I like snarky. He's, he's sassy. sassier. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's getting sassy. Um, and then Teal confirms that he probably won't be able to fly the ship um, He because he's never seen anything like this before. And he's like, we need to also get out of here because, um, like, we, we just need to get out of here, like, before we're discovered. So they leave that room and make, make their way through the corridor. Jaffa approach while they hide. The Jaffa pass by SG-1 enters a new room. O'Neill watches the passing Jaffa through a hole in the wall. A hangar full of death gliders being prepared to launch is revealed. So they hid away in this other room and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is like the shuttle bay for all of these death gliders. Um, there was a lot of them. There's a little yeah. bit like, oh shit. We're going like, to get oh. killed. Um, so basically they find out like they're on a sh an attack ship headed to earth um and i have another piece of dialogue here um so jack is like yeah we've got problems and sam is like well how fast can this ship go um Teok says it can go 10 times the speed of light. So Sam's like, okay, well, if we are headed to Earth, we have a long time because based off the coordinates of the planet we gated to, it, it would take like a year for us to get to Earth, possibly more. So they're like, okay, we got time. This is cool. Like, we'll figure something out. Um, and they still have yet to be discovered yet. Like, that's pretty amazing. They've been on the ship the whole time it's and nobody black. knows they're there. It's yeah. the black. I mean, <laughs> blending in. Yeah. So then we hear like an announcement on like a loudspeaker type of thing. And then J the Jaffa in this uh, bay of gliders, they all leave. And Jack is like, well, let's follow them. Let's see what's going on. I want to know what the scoop is. Back in, So they're back in the gate room on this ship with and the sarcophagus and Apophis appears on this Gould TV floaty ball. And he is just being like a total like showstopper. He's like, soon we'll wipe out the scourge that plagues us. I will rejoin you as we come out of the shadows. Until then, you are to follow all orders of my son as if they were my own. And Skara emerges from the sarcophagus. Can so you imagine being O'Neill right then when you see, like, I would have just, I mean, same with him. I would have just fucking lost my shit. Because that's, that's his boy. Mm. We haven't seen him since the pilot either. Mm -mm. I don't think we've seen him since he was taken. Mm -mm. I don't remember in the pilot if we saw him as he was uh, when he became Clarell. I don't know if we just yeah. saw that he was taken. I don't remember. We saw, we saw him disappear back through the Stargate um, with Apophis and Share. Like, yeah. they're, like the family 
<laughs> it's like the family oh. photo in front of the Stargate. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But we, I mean, we haven't heard or seen of him since the pilot. So we're really like going back. And this is, again, the, the meta arcs that you've mentioned before. It's like, okay, like this is the big showdown. This is the main plot of this season or the show so far. We're finally getting back to this. Yeah. So, okay. Do you guys want to do this this thing? Um, yeah. Um, how do you, Sarah? How do you want to split up the O'Neill, Daniel Tilk pieces? Because um, I'll be O'Neill and Tilk because Tilk doesn't really have a lot. <laughs> okay, I'll be Daniel. So O'Neill says he called him his son. That's sick. Not exactly a chip off the old block. The ghoul inside Scara is probably the son of the one inside Apophis. Thank you, Daniel. That's encouraging. I'm just trying to help. And then Tilk says, O'Neill, what is our plan of attack? And then O'Neill says, we're going to split up. Carter, you and Daniel start planting C4 all over this ship. And what are you and Tilk going to do? We're going to go try and grab Skara. Sir, are you sure? It, it would be like trying to take Apophis. Tilk says, they don't know we're aboard. They, there would be little reason to keep it under heavy guard. Okay, but with respect, sir, I think you're making an emotional decision here. Maybe, but it's the best strategic decision. Is it? Jack has a point. If we can capture him, maybe we can get through to the old Skara. Kendra said that she could fight past her gold when it was still inside of her. And then Jack and Tilk find Skara and they take out the surrounding Jaffa. And then Tilk, like a badass, then disables the door so then they have some more time. And Sam and Daniel start planting their C4 and kind of like wraps that scene up, kind of yep. they all disperse and do their thing pretty quickly. Um, there's a scene. So they go back to the shuttle bay, not shuttle mm -hmm. bay, whatever, the bay with all of the gliders. And Sam makes the conclusion, OK, well, they have to be fueled by something. So let's plant some here. That way it'll amplify whatever explosions we can cause. Um mm -hmm. And that's how they kind of go planning the C4. They're like, okay, let's try and cause secondary explosions. And I don't know if it's mentioned here or not, but she sets a timer for 24 hours. So if anything happens to them, if they're dead or captured or whatever, the C4 will still go off. They don't have to manually detonate it. So then mm -hmm. Jack is trying to get through to Skara. Um, and there, I mean, there's this whole scene where he's, you know, they're they're in this room. Jaffa start like banging on the doors trying to get in and Clarell says nothing of the host survives and we get this awesome moment with O'Neill because this was showtime so they oh. were allowed to swear a little more he's like that's bullshit let me talk to him now and Clarell says your friend had a feeble mind it suffered greatly and gave in easily so I just thought it was interesting to put that part in there again, where they're still like, they know the host survives. They met Kendra. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. clearly survived. She, you know, she was still fully, her mind was still fully intact, but they still like to hang on to this narrative of nothing of the host survives. Like they're, they have weak minds. We just take them over. And I think it's just the mind games that the ghoul would like to play where it's like, even if they know that, SG-1 knows the host is still in there. They like to fuck with them and toy with them and be like, mm -hmm. your friend was like a weak piece of shit. Like, he suffered so much. Um, so that's when the Jaffa begin to break through the door. Jack threatens to shoot him with the Zack gun and Clarell still refuses to let Scar come through. So Jack does shoot him um, and 
it kind of knocks back Chlorelle enough so Scar is able to speak for a moment. And it's mm-hmm. so freaking sad because Scar is he is in pain and you know he's he's really upset. But the first thing he says is, Are we still friends, O'Neill? Like mm-hmm. that's all he cares about is like, are we still friends? Um and if he can forgive him for what he's about to do. And before he can explain what that means, Clarell takes back over and the Jaffa break through the door. Mm-hmm. So they have to release him and Jack and Teal are captured by the Jaffa. Um, back in the gate room where the communication device is, Sam and Daniel are planting more C4. And Clarell brings Teal'c and Jack in and starts communicating with Apophis. He tells them that they captured Jack and Teal'c and there is no others aboard the ship. Um, Teal'c must suffer the most painful death a Jaffa can know, removal of his Primta. So let his new master watch him suffer and die. And Go ahead. So I find it interesting because it's a little bit, I feel like, of Skara in there when he assures Apophis that there are no others on board. And he doesn't know that. Because he right. says they captured Jack and Teal'c, and he made a point to kind of, like, call off the search. But Skara would know there's others with him, probably. So I find that interesting, a little thing in there that he made that clear point that there are no others with them. I can see that in future actions that he takes, but here I just read that as that gold arrogance of like, there's no more, like they couldn't get past me. Like I know better. Mm. And he doesn't want to look like an idiot in front of his dad or what <laughs> boss dad, whatever he is. Boss dad. Like, he doesn't he doesn't want to look like a fool, like he's incompetent or weak. So I, I took that as that gold arrogance of like, there's no more. Look, we captured them. Look at how awesome I am. But see, like, but then after when he's not with Apophis, then if that were the case, then he would have like let that down and been like, okay, where are they? Like, but he didn't. He didn't we'll keep going through the episode, but I don't see that come through where Chlorel like is trying to find the others. He just like, there's no way he firmly believed it. I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting. So if it is what you're saying, like, why didn't he then, when he got off of the office, then go make sure. I just read it as like, he, he didn't even think it would Care. be possible. Like he was yeah. like, there's no, there can't possibly be any more of them. We would have found them. Like, I, I, I don't believe it. Like where, that we could be duped that much. Like if there's any more, it's just these, you know, if there's any intruders, it's just these two that we already captured type of thing. Interesting. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, I see that side. But you're, I, I do see that come through with Chlorel later in the episode where, where there's certain things that it looks like he's struggling to do or certain choices that he makes where it's like, mm, I bet that was Scara in there somewhere, which is actually coming up. So, Apophis tells him they have to remove Teal'c's symbiote, which is that's his method of execution. And then Jack has to watch him die. And then Chlorel can just decide how he executes Jack. So a priest is about to take this like really fucking awful looking two pronged dagger to Teal'c's symbiote pouch and like take his symbiote out. But Chlorel stops them and he has Jack and Teal'c taken away. So that's where I was like, I bet that was um, Scar in there somewhere like why would you defy orders from your dad boss? Yeah. Like it so and there's other instances throughout the episode too. 
that I can see that. So the room clears out. Sam and Daniel end up going after them. And Sam sets C4 on a timer. So, you know, if they get captured, it'll detonate automatically. Haven't and Sam and Daniel been like hiding in the in the hiding yeah. places in this room? <laughs> there were the shipping crates where they hid behind. Right. Like there's so many hiding places in this room where this important like interaction is happening. <laughs> right. And for how minimal like the ghoul decor is, it's like there's a lot of hidey hole places where it's like yeah. they for hide the most in the part. shadows. Also, it's like, so dark. Is nobody clearing the room before like their god comes in it? Like the, are there it's just <laughs> plot holes. So in this new room, this new area that Clorel took them to. He says, you wish to see your home planet. And we see this view screen come up and it shows that the ship is about to pass Saturn. So they are not as far away as they thought they were. They're actually coming up on Earth pretty quick. And Mm -hmm. not only in Stargate, but in most sci-fi things, it's always Saturn when you need to know if people are getting close to Earth because... It's the place. It's very recognizable. <laughs> this, 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 the recognizable one. You can't be like. What, what do you do? Put like. We just passed Jupiter. Jupiter. <laughs> like, I mean, Jupiter would be the second best choice, I think. It's like, well, if you're like at Venus, like you're already past Earth and way too close it, to the sun. So no, like, I vote for Pluto. Make Pluto the one they see. Because, you know. It's like, what is that? Is that like a. What is rock. That? Just like a, a space lump. I can't tell what that is. <laughs> you know, speaking of, is Pluto back in as a planet or is it out as a planet? It's gone back and forth. I think it I might be. Know. I think it might currently be in. If you're Neil deGrasse yeah, right. Tyson and you're listening to this, please tell us. You can email us at <laughs> three fries short podcast at gmail.com. That's I'm for curious. you, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. So we see Saturn. And Clarell says, you will get to see your home one last time before you and everyone on your planet are destroyed and your kind will disturb the gold no longer. So. Dun dun. Yes. And then back at the SGC, which again, my transcripts has it as Harriman, but it's Walter. Walter. Oh, Walter. Hmm. Um, he says to Hammond, sir, I think we have another situation. We just spoke with Karen Deep Space Radar, and they picked up two large blips passing Saturn. They're heading towards Earth. Um, and then Hammond asked like, if they were able to identify anything yet. Walter says, not yet, sir. NASA's just repositioning Hubble right now. Uh, then we should be able to get a closer look. And Hammond says, I guess Dr. Jackson is lucky that he won't have to be around to watch his nightmare come true for a second time. Mm. And we see Hammond go into his office and pick up the red phone pick and call the, the president. Phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was very convenient. And again, like, I'm just nitpicking at this point. It's like all of space out there and they just happen to be looking in that direction and pick up these two blips coming through passing Saturn convenient i mean if they're like there's so many different research facilities and like deep space things i mean the radar true but then when you think about it because later on in the episode nobody else notices like that they're aware of like china and russia and all these other countries never pick up on it it's true it's just the u.s again because we fancy um so Daniel and Sam are moving down the corridors, evading, evading Jaffa and the hidey holes, and <laughs> they follow the Jaffa to the glider bays. The cockpits of the gliders are closing with pilots aboard, so it's like they're prepping to attack. 
um, president is mobilizing every branch of the military, including the Guard and Reserve. The Air Force efforts will be coordinating through this facility. Um, and Hammond says, I need this room converted to a command and control center ASAP. Make sure we have a link to AFSATCOM for encrypted communications to tell all Air Force bases and to NASA and any more details on what we're facing. So, like, this is it's very action packed. Like, we're cutting back and mm-hmm. forth a lot. Like, the SGC is going on full command. Like, Hammond is in BDUs, I think, at this point. So he's not even in his dress blues or his, like... Mm-hmm button-down shirt anymore like he's things are getting serious and kicking up um sam and daniel find where clarell is holding jack and teal and she uses a smoke grenade in the corridor and then we have a firefight Mm -hmm. um, between her and jaffa and daniel too daniel's there too (laughs) um scar is using the hand device on daniel and jack shoots him and with his gun (sighs) with a gun like it's not his dad just like a, a zap blast That's he shoots like, him that had to be like the mind fuck of that because with him losing his actual son mm-hmm. mm. to hit a gunshot and then he then emotionally attaches and adopts to scara and is on this second journey of like having like a son in emotional context and then he has to shoot him that's got to be fucked mm-hmm. and it like, was hard fucked. for him too like meanwhile his other friend is basically being killed so mm-hmm. it's like if i don't shoot my like surrogate son and kill him then my friend will die like it's just a shitty situation altogether you know what i wish like it if we could go back i have a like a request for shows like this because like i watched that and i think someone like, like that's a mind fuck i wish and this is tangent for a moment on how mental health was never like talked about we hear it more in shows these days but i would have loved to have had a little bit of moment on that conversation of like that coping process because it did it had to have fucked with him whether he's dealing with it appropriately or not like it just gets like washed like you don't hear about it you don't like there's no talking about it in the show and I just wish there was like, it's almost like asking for some mental health representation about like triggers or situations that people could go into a mental health crisis for having to deal with just to help like bring that conversation or normalize it. Because um, to me, that's like a, a moment that in anyone's life, if you were faced with that, that would be like, a you know, I should probably talk to somebody about this. That was a little fucked up decision I had to process through. For I sure. would love to see that on on lots of stuff, lots of plot mm-hmm. lines in this show where we don't get a lot of closure on certain things that happen mm-hmm. um, or really follow up of like after someone had some really fucking traumatic experience and it's like, oh, the episode's over. So it's like it never happened. Like maybe we'll mention it in a later episode. Like the thing that comes to mind is when Jack is prisoner to ball and he's basically mm-hmm. like killed over and over and over and over again and then mm-hmm. also is like brought back to life with the sarcophagus so not only does he have to experience the withdrawal symptoms from the sarcophagus but also the not like he's been murdered dozens of times like that has to really fuck with people interestingly mm-hmm. that seems to be um 
a thing. I feel like they they do the guys a misservice a disservice because mm-hmm. in what the very next episode in the line of duty, um, spoilers for when we talk about in the line of duty, um, but they do give Sam that moment at the end, a little bit of that moment, mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah, and they don't give it to the guys, no. No. like. I just, think, episode, I just think that's, you know. One episode comes to mind where they do kind of give that to the guys and they have a really great moment is the episode Need where they mm. discover that the sarcophagus mm. has these addictive qualities and Daniel is going through these withdrawal symptoms and he's basically like hiding in a closet in the SGC. He's like sobbing and crying, which is awesome to see. Not that like I want to see people cry, but you don't, especially for that time, you don't see a lot of characters, male characters showing vulnerability and emotion. And Mm -hmm. then the other great aspect of it is Jack being his friend and him helping him through this crisis and Mm -hmm. hugging him and touching him and touching his face. And Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. affectionate and Again, for that time, you don't see that. And it's such a good example of that healthy masculinity of like, it's okay. Like, I'm here for you. We're friends. Like, I'm going to hug my friend. I'm going to reach out and touch my friend. And Mm -hmm. that's one episode that really comes to mind where it shows that vulnerable side. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So I, I wish we could have seen more of it through you know certain other things just like battles in general like you you don't just bounce back from that shit automatically Mm-mm. um no. so this is one of the things where it's like you're right like there really was no kind of follow-up or no and also like it's the first season the end of it like also i feel like if you're in those that's just like you're committing to a different path for your show at that point and right now we've been super like yeah, a little dark in some spots, but you've been mostly campy and like we're just starting to get to like the meta plot, the like things happening. And then I don't know, I can see where that was just kind of probably not not on their radar to want to include at that point. Um, but yeah, so I like how this episode in, ends because then we can hop over to the other one because right after that happens is this like dialogue of everyone being like, okay, he just got shot like Jack's fine now Daniel's fine and then I love it because you just like hear Teal being like Colonel O'Neill and you guys want to read through that yes yeah. Hold on. I was I was googling something that I want to share with you guys then oh okay. but <laughs> um so we do kind of get a moment because Teal goes he's trying to get his attention and Jack is like can you just give me a second like I'm holding yeah. my my dying surrogate son for a second thank you I'm sorry mm-hmm. um, and um Tilka's like I cannot and they all look out the view screen O'Neill is kneeling by Scar's body earth and then Daniel's just like I thought you said we couldn't be there for at least a year I guess this ship can go way faster than 10 times the speed of light and they all gather and stand in a very posed looking out of mm-hmm. the view screen. And Carter, Carter once again says, Colonel, we saw the death gliders. They're prepping for launch, sir. To and be we continue. <laughs> yep. We zoom out and see the two gold ships closing in on Earth. And that was season one finale. And freaking imagine having to wait however long for 
for the season two opener. Mm-hmm. That will be torture. Mm-hmm. Um, Good thing no one has to do that because it's on all the streaming services. <laughs> it is. Okay, I'm now transitioning to Sarah's second set of notes. Oh, Sarah, what were you googing? What what were you giving a goog that you said you were so, wanted to share? The show the Showtime joke. So I did find so I did find a note about it somewhere. Um, oh, hold on. Oh, the Showtime thing. Yeah, did they yeah. change it? I th- I swear I've okay so I found this episode contains the only scene produced especially for Showtime not shown on the syndicated versions but included in the DVD release. We see a floating metal ball. Teal explains it's a gold long range visual communication device, somewhat like television. Um, in the Showtime version, O'Neill says, "Think it gets Showtime." In other versions, Colonel Jack O'Neill says, "Mmm, gold TV." So I was kind of half right where they did change it. Hmm. Um, so for like the sci-fi version or whatever syndicated version, he doesn't say the Showtime thing. It just says mm, Gould TV, which is not nearly as much an O'Neillism as think it gets Showtime. Right, right. So I, I was kind of half right where I knew they changed something about it, the Showtime thing. But fun fact, I also didn't have any like themes or like discussion points because it's a very action-filled episode there really isn't like much deeper meaning to this other than just like take action don't let bad shit happen like you have control over your destiny and if that means you get in court martial girl we get in court martial <laughs> yep, right pretty much yep. yeah this is, this is definitely it, action-packed <laughs> yeah listen okay, sometimes the- oh go ahead go ahead so I was apologizing because uh, Tuck started my Roomba vacuum and then I'm sending <laughs> it back home and then he just stepped on it again and started it again. So I'm having Aww. a fight with the cat and the Roomba in the background, but I think she's going back to her home. She, my vacuum is a she. <laughs> so anyway, so sorry. What were you doing? So uh, sometimes there's no deeper meanings and it's there's space battles and that's the show, man. Sometimes like, you just cool need a good space, space battle. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's space battles and that's all there is. Sometimes there's space battles. Sometimes they're internal battles. (laughs) This is true. We love both. We love both. So, yeah. Because we're three friends short. Because we're three friends short. We're three friends short. We're three friends short. In a Stargate. So are we moving on to season two? We're officially into season two, guys. No, wait, wait. We did say we might wait like three seconds. So like, oh, yeah. Let's give it that. Okay. Okay. Welcome back for season two. (laughs) (laughs) We're back for season two already. Woo! Hope you guys didn't uh, wait too long for us. It's way better than the 90s. For sure. So this episode picks up right where season one left off. And that sounds really stupid of me to say, but sometimes shows don't do that. And they're just like completely ignore like some of the stuff that happened. And I'm just like, what about the whole plot point from the previous (laughs) episode? Like, what are you doing? I hate that. That just reminded me of that like TikTok audio. The like, what happened to the original plot of the movie? Like that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And even the way you said it, I was like, you sounded like you were just. I'm I probably pulled it deeply from my subconscious. You probably did. Um, but yeah, we pick up right where that 
they left off and Jack asked Sam if she planted enough C4 around the ship to make a dent. And she says that she asked if she, I think she's like trying to like figure stuff out where Jack is firmly like, we're okay. We're going down with this ship. Like, let's go. But she says something like she might be able to figure out how to pilot the ship, something like that. Like she begins to say she might be able to figure out how, and I just assume she meant like how to pilot the ship or how to turn the ship around or something, but he cut her off. And he's like, we should be expecting reinforcements and Jafar are going to come through that door any moment. So stand by to detonate the charges. Um, And then Daniel plants one last brick of C4 around the control panel (laughs) of the ship. And might I just say they're all very casual about the fact that they're going to die. Like they're just like completely okay with it. And I'd be probably having a panic attack. I mean, I feel like I feel like to everybody but Jack there was this sort of internal panic attack, you know, (laughs) but they're just standing there because they're like, I can't like, all right, well, shit, (laughs) you know, Jack's like, good. (laughs) Carter's like, I still feel like I could have figured something out. But Jack's like, no, we're, we're done. Everything's done. And everybody's just else is just like, well, shit, you know? See, I, yeah, but I would have showed like, even if I tried to keep it internal, my eyes would be bucking. I'd be like, what the fuck is happening <laughs> like i don't want to die like it's okay to not want to die for your planet like i get it it's noble but like i i mm, i would have a hard time with it you know <laughs> um this is where we get that that one of your favorite quotes too the where d- do you want it want to do it oh the the o'neillism yeah yeah um so so everyone is either okay or not okay about uh, you know i almost said fixing to die that shows that i'm southern <laughs> oh um, i love it <laughs> we're fixing to we're die, fixing to die. <laughs> <laughs> and o'neill says okay well i suppose now is the time for me to say something profound and there's a nice pause and he's thinking Nothing comes to mind. Let's do it. <laughs> Love it. Again, he's so like nonchalant with like he can't even be like it was an honor to serve. He's like, I got nothing, guys. <laughs> we're, we're, let's just do it. Let's do the it. Word profound and O'Neill. Yeah, don't um, not. But do they not do. Thanks. Like I, the yeah. the thing that I love about O'Neill is you go through the years and like, um, like teenage Cassie says it in an episode that he's like he's wiser. Then he likes to to show that he is. So um, I think that's always fun to see with O'Neill because he'll he'll act like he's dumb and he's not profound, but he actually is really wicked smart about things. Yeah. So I yeah, I do love that about his character too. And we see that um Sam in in the episode Heroes with mm-hmm. her little speech about him. She says that he's a lot smarter than he leads on. Mm-hmm. Um and I read the analogy somewhere. That like them as a couple or a ship or whatever. It's like Sam is like the super smart straight A student who's just in the front of the class and is always raising her hand and she's like super smart. And Jack's the guy, like the class clown sitting in the back of the class and everyone thinks he's a slacker, but secretly like he already has all of his assignments done so that he can goof off even more right. and chill in the back. So like he already handed in his assignments and they're all like solid A assignments and he's just goofing around because yeah, he totally. can. Totally, totally. So that's definitely the vibe that that ship gives off. <laughs> um, so, 
Excuse you. Jasper is, uh, if anyone, anyone listening to my dog bark right now, Jasper is my 13 year old dog who is Aww. losing his hearing, but every once in a while <laughs> he's under the covers right now. I'm fairly certain he had some sort of dream and just Aww. popped out of it barking at things. He's still going. Woof. <laughs> Woof. Oh, Ergo, um, he's very wiped out from his shots and his vet appointment. So, I mean, luckily enough, like he's not being a menace. Boo, my three-year-old dog is just looking over at me. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> so adorable. Um, so yeah. So yep, nothing so, comes to mind. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. All, all like surprisingly okay with the thought of them having to die. If I mean, surface level, maybe they're internally struggling and freaking out. You gotta think like they they put themselves in life or death situations a lot. So it's it's not that they're okay. They're gonna die, but they they face it so much that it's like they accept it. They accept it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. So. So they see Apophis's second ship approach. And Jack asks if they can knock out this ship and if it will take the second ship with it. But it won't because they have shields. So the other ship will remain. Yep. The other ship will remain unharmed and still able to destroy Earth from orbit. And then we hear banging at the door like they're they're coming in. They're going to take them. And then Jack asks if the C4 timer is on it. If the C4 is on a timer and Sam confirms that it is. And this was a really funny exchange. <laughs> yep. So he's like, good. How long do we have? 24 hours. 24 hours? <laughs> at the time, sir, I thought we were still light years away. But I, yeah, that was it. Because he was like 24 hours. Like, what? We, what? 24 what, hours? What she says before that, like, because he asks her, um, Captain, you have that C4 on a timer, right? And she's like, yes, absolutely, sir. Like, she, she just, she doesn't even say 24 hours yet. She's just like, yes, absolutely. It's on a timer. Because <laughs> okay. she and knew. Then, and then he's like, great, how long? 24 hours. <laughs> he's like, oh. Shit. 24 hours well shit again <laughs> so there's no way out for them the Jaffa break down the doors a firefight ensues and then we see a metal ball rolled into the room and a bright light explodes and SG-1 collapses unconscious and we have the opening credits I like all your music notes in the note I mean if I had a Stargate emoji I would put that too well now but there's the, the, swirly, the, swirl. the swirly yeah Thank you, Cindy, for that. We'll use that now. Um, <laughs> oh, so this is a good cut. scene too. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. I had to. I had to include this. So we cut to a holding cell. Jack and Teal'c wake up. They're both blinded from whatever that thing was, and Teal'c tells Jack that it will pass, and it was from a gold shock grenade, so it's not permanent. And O'Neill feels behind him, accidentally <laughs> colliding his whole hand. He just grabs Carter's <laughs> face and she bites him in the hand. <laughs> He's like, ow, ow, God, ow. Colonel? Sorry, sir. It's just so dark. He's like, oh, Carter. That's all right. I like your attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I just love, I don't know, the whole scene. scene. It's like, oh, Carter. 
whatever. <laughs> I like your attitude. Um, so Daniel's already awake and he's like emo boy in the corner. Like he's all bummed out. <laughs> and he's boy. like, <laughs> he's like, we failed. We failed. The ghouls are getting ready to wipe out Earth's major cities from orbit out of reach. And Jack's well, okay, trying to be trauma, positive. He saw it happen once. He nearly escaped it once already. Like, again, mental health trauma. Let's check True. in here. You're right. Like, you're right. Let's check in here. Like, wouldn't you be a little like, oh, my God, I saw the world in once. Now I got to do it again. And I couldn't stop it. And I tried to stop it. And I couldn't stop it. I'd be a little emo in the corner, too. <laughs> True. I mean, but, like, but again, let's see. I feel this way when they're all getting ready to die. And they're just like surprisingly okay with it You're like okay i don't have anything profound to fam i'm gonna like crack a joke before we all die <laughs> not it was an auto to serve just like i got nothing guys um that's where i would be like crying in the corner I'm like i don't want to die um but jack is now trying to be the positive person instead of mm-hmm. like ready to to die and he's trying to think a way out of this. And he's like, take it easy, Daniel. We've been in worse situations than this. <laughs> Good old Teal chimes in. He's like, nah, not to my knowledge. He's like, thanks. Thanks, Teal. That's not helpful. Um, but Do- then like they their sight starts to come back to them. And Jack is like, Yes, cool. Like this, see, we're doing good. We're getting back up there. And he says, Now that's what I want to hear. Carter, if someone comes in here, bite him in the hand. <laughs> she gives that great smile. True, I lo- yeah. I love that smile. She's mm-hmm. like, yes, sir. <laughs> um, and can I just say, like, uh, how, like, only Amanda Tapping could pull off, like, a black beanie where, like, all her hair is, like, smashed up in there and mm-hmm. still look like a beautiful, radiant queen of my heart. This is true. Like, mm-hmm. This is very, very true. Mm-hmm. Like, if I smashed all my hair up into a black beanie, I would... So- would be bad complete sidebar but she tweeted today that she could not pass up the ai script reading so i'm excited for that yes (laughs) so we'll be on the lookout for that so then we cut to the sarcophagus room and there's jaffa placing scara chlorel in the sarcophagus because he was killed by jack bullets um, mm-hmm. And then there's a lead Jaffa. He's wearing a serpent helmet and he chastises another Jaffa. The subordinate Jaffa apologizes and says he will not fail Chlorel again. And the lead Jaffa is like, no, he won't. And then he kills him. Ki- no, he kills Jim, apparently. Oh, okay. Yes. He kills Jim. <laughs> According to your notes, he kills Jim. Jim's something. <laughs> Poor Jim. R.I.P. Jim. What did Jim do? <laughs> God damn it. He John. failed Clarell. <laughs> Jim the Jaffa. Oh, Jim the Jaffa. That wasn't his name, though. I meant to say he kills him, but... It's another title I guess. in the notes, but it's a really good one. Okay, Jim the Jaffa, that's that's now a thing. He's dead. I like Jim the Jaffa. That's a good character. R.I.P. Jim. <laughs> the fuck did you do? We need a backstory, man. All, all unnamed Jaffa going forward are named Jim. Jim. <laughs> deal <laughs> perfect gym one gym two <laughs> okay <laughs> spelling errors aside 
Um, we go back to the SGC and all hands are on deck. Okay, this is where Hammond is in his BDUs now oh, okay. in the control room. And we see Major Samuels enter. And mm. this, there's one of the fucking funniest interactions I see is between Hammond and Samuels. And I'll let you guys wait, but <laughs> I-, I need to read Hammond for that scene, okay? Okay. So, so do you want to do Samuels since like... I'll, I'll do Samuels. Yeah. Okay. Reporting for duty, sir. I'm to coordinate with the Pentagon. By whose orders? Yeah, you got to get that Southern accent in there. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. (laughs) The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, at the request of Senator Kinsey, he did try to contact you. Maybe you can tell me why our forces haven't gone on full alert. If we don't get our assets moving now, they aren't going to be caught on the ground. They are going to be caught on. Sorry. The, the current thinking at the Pentagon is to do nothing that would alert the Goa'uld we know they're there. Let me guess whose bright idea that was. General Hammond, may I speak freely? I know I seem to have lost your respect, sir, for whatever reason, but we wouldn't be in this situation, that is, at the brink of war with the Goa'uld, if you had heeded my advice and buried the Stargate in the first place. Was that I told you so, Colonel Samuels? Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> I'm not here to point fingers, sir. I'm here to help coordinate our preemptive strike against Goa old ships. That's if the president approves. The Joint Chiefs are briefing him now. And with what do you intend to strike? A new weapon, sir. I've helped to oversee its development at Area 51 with Colonel Mayborn. Ooh, Mayborn. Mm. Two, <laughs> two prototypes are being prepared for launch at Vandenberg Air Force Base as we speak. If all goes well, history shall mark this day by two brilliant and unexplained flashes that occur in the night sky. The world should never know how close we came to Armageddon. So that's what's going on on Earth. There's it, there, it, My favorite part it's comes later come. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so... We kind of have Samuels being antagonistic back on Earth. So we have this dual story line going on, like back at SGC, what they're doing, and then SG-1 on the ships. So back on Apophis' ship, we see that this Lee Jaffa uh, is transported by the ring devices. So he's going from Clarell's ship to Apophis' ship by these ring transport devices. And he tells Apophis what transpired and it will take time for Clarell to heal. And Apophis orders the Lijafa to execute SG-1 immediately. And he says he will see to it himself, and he takes the transport rings back to the other ship. Um, so there's this interaction between this Jim the Jaffa, Jim, no name Jim. Jim. <laughs> he says, <laughs> we hold our position. The humans of this world will send no challenge. And Apophis says, yet they have found their way to my son. We will attack their world when Clarell has risen again. They will pay a hundredfold for their insolence. So, so dramatic. As crummy Very. as it was that Jack had to kill Skara, it did buy them time. Because mm-hmm. now they're waiting. And apparently, this is not easy bake sarcophagus, and it will take a little bit of time for him to heal. Not like Jack in Hathor, where it's like microwave for five seconds and he pops out Well, I think fine. Because like, Clarell was like dead. Okay. Like dead, I, I mean, dead. I'm just throwing out, you know, possibility. Dead. The more right. dead you are, the longer it there's takes. Like de- there's like dead, and then there's dead. We gotta, there's like, like, this is like a, we gotta put you on high for like five minutes instead of like the 30 second nuke right. to warm, yeah. warm it up. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
So back at the SGC, Samuels is debriefing them on this new fancy weapon that he's going to launch at the ships. And they're nukes that are enriched with the Stargate element Naquita. And they now yield a force of a thousand megatons each. So this is their their ace in the hole. And Hammond is skeptical. He's like, eh, I'm still going to do what I'm doing down here. Like, I'm not putting all my my money on this thing to work. Um, but it's not up to him because Samuel's orders are coming from the president. So back on Clarell's ship, SG-1 here footsteps, and it's this lead Jaffa, and he opens his helmet, and we see that it's Braytac. It's not Jim. It it's is not Bray-tac. Jim. It is Braytac, um, which we met in the episode, was it Bloodlines or Family? I don't remember what it was called. Bloodlines, I think. Bloodlines, yeah. There, I think there's another episode with Teal'c's family called Family. Um, but this, we get a reoccurring character. We see him again. I'm so excited. Um, I love when they they bring people back because again, we're still so early on in the show. We don't know is this going to be like a one off character? Are we never going to see them again? And we do see Braytac again, and it's awesome. So. He he immediately punches Jack in the face and calls him a hassock, which is what he called him in that first episode, which we what we wet grass lump, <laughs> whatever we whatever we like Google translated it to. Um, and he chastises them that they're lucky to be alive. Um, and he had to work hard to regain Apophis's trust in order to join this mission. So. There's this exchange. um, Teal'c greets him and Braytac is, he's like only happy to see Teal'c. He's very annoyed with the rest of SG-1. He's like these fucking wet grass lumps coming and ruining my plan. <laughs> and he's like, he says to Teal'c, hello again, old friend. Your son grows strong. One day he will be great warrior, but you should not have come. Do you want to read Teal'c? Sure. Um, hold on. I've got to get really low <laughs> to read Teal'c. I stand by my friends. I believe this world may be our only hope in one day overcoming the false gods. Yes, as pathetic as that may seem at the moment, I agree. <laughs> Daniel just Daniel's throwing like, in a random, you do? You do. <laughs> says, I have, I may have even been able to save, oh my fuck, why can't I fucking talk, guys? It's late. It's 1043 in Reading Pennsylvania is right now. Reading <laughs> Well, they speak so proper too. Where I, I like, I may even have been able to save this world had you not interfered. But then O'Neill's pretty easy to read because he's like, "Hey, what do you think we've been trying to do? It's our world you're talking about here." And Braytac is like, "Enough, human." <laughs> he always calls him human. Human <laughs> said, "This is not the place to talk of these things. I have been ordered by Apophis himself to execute you. An order I intend to disregard. <laughs> Come." So. Yeah, it's great that we get Braytac. Like they're they they're not alone. They've got an ally here, and um, just them. It, it just goes to show you in the alternate reality when you think about it. Them meeting Teal'c changed everything because it had it not been for Teal'c, them meeting Teal'c, they would never have met Braytac, and then. Like, that's just one more thing they have in this reality that the other reality probably didn't have. Absolutely. Um. Because, I mean, who knows in that reality, Teal'c hadn't turned, so maybe Braytac wasn't even in that reality, or maybe Braytac was, dead, was still maybe, loyal yeah. to the ghoul. Yeah, yeah, who knows? So, it just goes to show you that they, they've 
they have built allyships already in season one as you know even if it's just one person it's not a whole race of people at this point yeah so back at the sgc um hammond is talking to walter good old walter he's just like at the helm he's he's sticking through it with hammond um but the ships have not moved for 18 hours and they're all like what the heck is going on like why are they not moving and samuels thinks that they're waiting to see if earth makes the first move and he also says that russia and china have not detected the ships from space and they appear to be like just some vulnerable unspecting world and we don't even know what's coming guys and hammond is like you got him right where you want him don't you samuels <laughs> like hammond is he's he's getting he's not happy like he's like i'm trying to run this show how i see fit and you're coming in interfering and Walter speaks up and says that there might be another reason because there was an energy burst coming from what they think is the bridge of the ship uh, recorded at 1750 hours just before they stopped, which I would assume is that shock grenade. And another thing that I thought about, too, was like some of the time frames where this stuff happens, like what, 1750, that's like 5 5.50 p.m. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like some of this stuff probably happens at awkward times of the day. Like, I should be eating dinner right now, but I'm on a Gould ship. This is <laughs> shitty. Like, I just think, like, weird times. You don't get to choose what time stuff happens. It's no, like, you don't. No. It's noon. Like, this is a weird time for something to be happening like this at, like, noon. Well, so. like, imagine, like, the concept of, like, just sitting around, like, we're talking right now, and then all of a sudden you get beamed up somewhere, like, later on. Like It's like, I'm like, in my PJs, what? guys. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? Yeah. Just like I, my hair is very dirty right now. I did not know I would be coming up on this ship, but I would have washed my hair, like something like that. Yeah, <laughs> awkward. Mm, um, but Walter says it came from inside the ship because they were like, "Well, how do we know it's not just a normal function of like the ship? It's like bright flashing lights every hour on the hour." Um, they they say, "Okay, maybe it was an explosion," or and Hammond's like, "Or it's sabotage," and they're like, "Oh shit, SG one coming in clutch." Samuel's um, is the uh, killjoy here, though. Yeah, negative I Nancy. Har- I hardly think so. <laughs> For one thing, it's impossible to gate to a ship. Forgive me, sir. I know how important SG one is to you, but this is wishful thinking. So is your plan, Colonel? That hasn't stopped us from going ahead with it. And then the is this techn- it's a different technician or is it Walter? I don't know. Poor Walter has so many names. <laughs> they could have just I called him I think this was Jim. actually a different technician, though. Mm-hmm. I think it was somebody else that walked in, like, because Walter was already, like, in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, uh, there's this first group of people um, arrive for going to the Alpha site. And is this the first time we actually hear about the Alpha site? Mm-hmm. besides the there but for the grace of god mm. the beta site yeah oh yeah that's the beta site but yeah it's the yeah. same concept yep yeah so back on clarell's ship braytac gives as she went back all of their weapons and jack asked how braytac was going to save earth um but by assaulting SU. But by SG-1 assaulting Chlorel is now impossible so jack was like well what was your plan like how do we ruin your brilliant plan like mm-hmm. coming up here acting like wet grass lumps <laughs> and <laughs> Braytac says among the gould of pharaoh's power is most often challenged by their sons um more than their enemies 
Once we had joined battle with your world, I was prepared to lead my wing against Apophis in Clarel's name. Hmm. Teal'c says, Apophis would assume your attack was ordered by Clarel and reciprocate. A daring plan. I had hoped to drive a stake of mistrust between them. Now I fear they will bond against our common enemy. I liked Teal because he was like, he did the whole eyebrow thing. He's like, a daring plan. It was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, Master Braytac, you you still got it. You're so good. Yeah. You are better than these humans. (laughs) Yep. Um, so Jack is still like, well, Clorel's dead, but Braytac tells him that they put him in the sarcophagus. And Jack right. was like, wait a minute, you put him in that thing to bring him back? I'll read through this. Okay, so I'll be Braytac. Yeah. So okay. I knew it would delay their attack until he arose, perhaps when the warships of your world would attack. Um, excuse me. Did you say the ships of our world? Surely you have such vessels. Well, we have a number of... um uh shuttles these shuttles they are formidable craft <laughs> oh yes a bad day ba- bad day says. <laughs> um, oh man so yeah we get that and you know what it i love how they they follow back up on that oh yes so yeah <laughs> So back at the SGC, we see Hammond is evacuating people to the Alpha site. I want to go to the Aloha site, though, which is what your note says. That sounds like a much more pleasant place to go. The Aloha site. Do I get a lay and some like, (gasps) oh, right. Little little drink with a little umbrella in it when I get there. Sign me up. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sarah. Anyway, the opposite. I was never good at spelling or math, guys. Like, just I think this is a lot. This is a lot. Uh, Apple iPhone messing with you too, though. But I have to spell it wrong in the first place for iPhone to be like, "Girl, is this what you meant? This is what I'm going with." <laughs> like, do you type all of this on your phone, though? Yeah, yeah. That's, I tried to do. It's a lot of typing on a phone. I tried to do the text to talk of like. Oh, I'm sure it did not blah, blah, blah. like that. No, Mm-mm. it didn't, and it Mm-mm. was just like. I have to think a lot about what I want to put in anyway. So I was just like, um, Hammond, go to... And then, like, it just didn't work. And I tried to type on my laptop, too, but that didn't work either. Like, I just... I'm more comfortable texting, typing. So... But Hammond has this awesome speech. You and have to do it with a Southern accent. I can't, Rebecca. It has to be you, <clears throat> as as a genuine Southerner. I yeah, I I um covered my accent a long time ago, so that is on you, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. As you've all been made aware, this nation, this entire world, faces a deadly threat. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna pull it together. Keep going. With this knowledge, you have all volunteered for a mission intended to preserve humankind. You've been chosen because you represent the best we have in all fields of expertise. What what you have not been told for reasons of security is where you're going or how you're going to get there. The gate activates very dramatically in the background. You're going to step through that. (laughs) Gestures behind. Once through the Stargate. You will find yourself on the opposite side of this galaxy, a place we call Alpha Site. If we do not prevail, you and those that follow will call it home, a new colony. Godspeed. 
Okay, so pausing is amazing. Can you imagine like going through there and just sitting and being like, so when do we find out if we ever get to come back or not? Like for real. They're all standing you, in that room like mm. what? Could, <laughs> could you imagine like because I imagine they just pulled the smartest people that they could like on file. Like, so yeah. could you imagine like you're like a fucking world renowned neurosurgeon? Like, I'm cool at operating on people's brains or whatever. Like, who knows? Like the kind of people they pulled. And one day, like the Air Force comes knocking on your door. They're like, we need you. Come with us. Um, Get in the van, loser. We got to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they don't tell you anything. And they're like, OK, we're going to you got to come to this. You're going to we're going to take you to this mountain complex and then we'll go from there. And you're mm-hmm. just like sitting in this mountain thinking like, OK, well, where are we going to go? <laughs> like, could you fucking imagine? Like, okay, like, I guess they need to make sure we have doctors on new earth number two, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, could you imagine you're just like, and then just when they do come back, it's like, okay, we need you to sign this NDA. Don't, don't snitch on us and tell people like what happened. (laughs) Right. Like you go, you sit there, you wait, and then you get to come back after all the fighting. I mean, kind of like, how do you deal with like that NDA? Like. Like, I would put me in a mental hospital because I'd be like, so there was this one time the Air Force came and got me and I went through a portal (laughs) and I was there with a bunch of other people and we had to wait because the world was ending and we were supposed to carry on humanity. And then I came back through. And And then none of that happened. So And then nothing happened. Yeah. Because I would honestly feel like I had a mental break. If that had happened, I would have like, ooh, that would have gone. That would have been a slippery slope. A very fucked up dream. Like, was I would mm. I would question my sanity for sure. Like, did I imagine that? Like, yeah, was that real? No. Nope. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was a super epic. Like, they're really ramping up the dramatic. So, like, they're really. That was a really great scene. Um, he was like positioned like right in front of the Stargate. It was super dramatic when the Stargate opened and he's just giving his speech to all these rando smart people they gathered to send to the he coordinated alpha site. with Walter to make that like make that gate activate just right in time. <laughs> like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Can you just, imagine they had to like rehearse that? Uh-huh. Okay. Right. And like Walter, what, so, okay, once I get to you've been chosen, you better like get that dialed up. And you know, like imagine Walter, he's so used to be like Chevron one and go like he had to be quiet the uh-huh. whole time. Quietly get them all and have it locked right on cue. Loved it. It was awesome. So, okay. so we have a couple like rapid fire things happening. Chlorel wakes up, he's super pissed off. Um, Samuels is getting ready to launch his fancy nukes and then Teal feels the ships accelerating and he knows, oh, Chlorel woke up like we're moving again. We're we're getting on. And we find out that Braytac only has three other Jaffa in his wing. Um, he's like that. Then the campaign has begun. Once we launch, we will do what damage we can. So there's this conversation because like O'Neill and Braytac kind of duke it out because Braytac still wants to do his thing. And like what his plan was and like, you know, do his thing. And Jack is like, no, I want to do my thing. And they have this whole exchange. So Braytac says, I have trained these warriors since they were Chaltil. Children, I guess. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I'm not fluent in Jaffa. They have sworn their lives to me. It is no simple thing to ask. And we appreciate it. This is O'Neill. So, and we appreciate it. Believe me. But what are the odds of taking out a ship like this with four gliders and 
maybe a shuttle? And then Teal'c chimes in. He says, a ghoul attack vessel is heavily armed, shielded and capable of launching a legion of gliders against us. I would say slim. Okay. Call me a pessimist, but I think it's time for a new plan. And then Braytac is like, we offer to lay down our lives for your world, human. You cannot ask more. No, I can't. But I think a better idea is to get the other guys to lay down their lives for their world first. Hmm? How long before the C4 goes? And then Sam says, 41 minutes. Okay. With any luck at all, this ship is going to blow within the hour. It might be a good idea for us to get to the other one. Can you do that? So then we cut back to the SGC. They launch the nukes. Hammond is still evacuating people to this alpha site, even though Sam is like, you don't have to do that. Like, um, my fancy nukes are going to take out everything. Like, I don't know why you're still doing that. Um, I love this because like on the ship, Braytech asks if they have any more 4C. Yes. <laughs> C4. Um, but, but they, they don't. don't. Yep. They used it all on Clarell's ship. So they have no more 4C. Um, um okay you want to be daniel yeah so daniel says well you guys must have something left we shall have to cross that bridge when we come to it and then o'neill's like you know oh go ahead and say o'neill's like you know that particular cliche doesn't always work (laughs) so that's calling back to that episode he was first in where jack says you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to there and bright mm-hmm. like well we're not going to, the bridge is too heavily guarded we're not <laughs> going to the bridge um so i love that he as much as sh- like as much shit as he gives jack he's like human human this and human that and he's like you wet grass lump bitch like <laughs> <laughs> he still uses his his little uh cliches and euphemisms so mm-hmm. i love that so Apophis sees these nukes approaching and it was just funny because they were all like these are like super stealthy the gould radar whatever the equivalent they have won't catch it and they're legit looking out the window and they see the (laughs) nukes coming up like giant rockets so I thought that was really funny um so he activates shields on his ship and we see Clarell is trying to do the same thing, but he's hesitating and his hand is shaking. And you can see that's part of that scar coming through, like mm-hmm. trying to be like, no, I, just, I would rather just die. Honestly, like this sucks for me. Um, but he does activate the shields in time and the nukes hit, but no damage is done to either ship. But as she one can feel the impact, like they do the whole like shaky oh <laughs> thing. Um, and Samuels is pissed. He's super pissed off. Yeah, because um, his plan sucked. It yeah. failed. So Man. Hammond is on his red telephone, and he's basically saying that the explosion did mess up their satellites, um, and it's going to be hard to warn the public if anything does start to happen without causing mass panic. Um then he recommends that they maintain the highest defense conditions at all times and that the president should board Air Force One. So the nukes actually fucked things up even more because it's messing with their communications and satellites now. Mm-hmm. So good job, Samuels. Literally shot ourselves in the foot on that one because now yep. we're fucked. Um, so then we see Clarell transport to Apophis's ship. Um, and we have this exchange. I don't think we need to read it because Clarell is basically like... He's feeling it. He's like, you chose a really strong host for me, and it's hard for me to maintain control. 
and I might need more time in the sarcophagus. But Apophis, this ghouled arrogance is coming through. He's like, no, you're strong enough. Like, you got this, kid. Like, you're my son. Mm -hmm. It's that arrogance of like, you're my son. You're no weak little bitch. Like, I'm not. No. <laughs> um, which it's interesting because we don't really see this happen between a ghoul and a host much more in the show. Like, they kind of drop that. Kind of like how Zats become, like, less dangerous as the show goes. Like you don't see them cause as much pain. Like people just fall and like get knocked out or something. Like when they first got introduced, I feel like, you know, the, their bodies like sizzle more or something, you know, <laughs> and then over the time it gets less impactful. Just like this. It's like, you don't really see, you know, when someone becomes a gould, they don't have any control and that's it. There's no fighting back. Um, but then SG-1 make their way through the ship to the transport rings, and they're taking out Jaffa along the way. So that's where they're going. They got to get to the rings. They're taking out Jim. All those yep. gems. So this is... All the gems. <laughs> so this is... My, okay, this is... Who wants to be... I need to be Hammond. This is the one. Uh, this is the one. I'll be Samuels. Okay, yeah. I'll be stern sounding. He's looking uh, a little Apparently I'm too. looking disheveled. <laughs> yeah. General, uh, maybe we should consider using the Stargate as a strategic wep weapons platform. How? By sending a bomb to the coordinates that Dr. Jackson was talking about, or to Chulak. We already tried to send a team through to Dr. Jackson's coordinates. It won't work. And I can't think of any military reason to wipe out the people of Chulak. Well, sir, since I am no longer wanted or needed here, I respectfully request permission to join one of the teams headed for the Alpha site, or... At least there. Permission denied. The idea is to send the best and brightest, Colonel. When the time comes, you will stand alongside the men and women of this command in defense of this facility. But, sir. I ask no more or less of myself. Dismissed. Fuck. I loved when he was like, permission denied. Like Permission <laughs> denied. <laughs> he was not holding back. He's like, first of all, um... You're not smart enough or cool enough to be on the, the Aloha site roster, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> but not on the list. Uh, I think I laugh out loud every time I see that. Because, like, what a little worm. Like, mm -hmm. your plan fails and fucks shit up even more. And then you want to, like, worm away to the yeah. alpha site? And the way he says it, it's like he always thought that he was just going to be able to go to the alpha site, too. Like. Yeah. He just assumed mm -hmm. that he was mm -hmm. going to have that ability. Arrogance. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, you know, Hammond shut that down real quick. That was yeah. awesome. Um, so SG-1 make it to the ring room. And Chlorella's there. And Chlorella's like, come witness the power of your god. But Braytag is like, nah. I and, cannot. Yeah. And he's like, you are not a god. You are a parasite within a child, and I despise you. And, um, you know, he starts using the hand device on Braytac, but Braytac is like, I die free. Mm -hmm. But then SG-1 busts in, and um, they, they take out the Jaffa, and in the process, Daniel is shot, which they leave him in the hallway to, like, cover them. Why would you leave Daniel to cover you? Well... So they don't intend, I mean, they don't intend to, like, Jack goes back for him, but then he's like, nom toast, like, just 
like I, he does I got your shot. back yeah. you know like I'm toast just go so yeah. um he's shot with a staff weapon like in the shoulder like armpit it's, region it's a bad like, area yeah yeah <laughs> um but da- yeah, Daniel's like, just go, get out of here, because you're just going to blow up with the other ship anyway. Like, he doesn't think any of them are getting out alive. So what's mm-hmm. the point of him going with them? Um, mm-hmm. I'll stay and watch back. And they leave Daniel and they take the transport rings to the other ship and they use Chlorelle as a shield. Um, and this is one time where we do see them leave someone behind. Not, I mean, it ends good for everyone, but... I find it. I always find it interesting when they actually end up leaving someone behind because that's not something they ever do. I think though, at this point, they're in that mode of we're all going to fucking die, so mm-hmm. we stay stuck where we're stuck. There's no point because yeah. there's no. They're committed to the mission, and they've already like worked through. They're going to die if they happen to live. Great, but that wasn't the point. They're not trying to live at this point. Yeah. So. When they get aboard Apophis' ship, Apophis is like, he's pissed that Braytac has betrayed him because now it's all out in the open. And Braytac says, I've spent 133 years worshiping false gods. No more. And he destroys the control panel of the ship with the staff weapon. Mm -hmm. They escape the room. They disable the door, trapping both Apophis and what the fuck? Trapping Apop and Chlorel. Apophis and Chlorel inside. Um, then we see the C4 set to go off in six more minutes Braytac explains that he steered Chlorel's ship closer to Apophis's so if they disable the shields the explosion will take out both ships smart smart, right? smart. Mm-hmm. and Teal has a little he's like two birds but with one stone look at them <laughs> catching up on earth people slaying <laughs> yeah <laughs> and again it was like one of those like eyebrow moments where he's like appreciative of Braytac's like cunning plans so there we have this funny scene i'll read for braytac so he's they're they're standing at like the top of this like long basically like a pit and mm-hmm. it goes down all the way down into the bowels of the ship he says the shield generators are far below there in the very bowels of the ship we must climb down several decks through the length of the ship then take our weapons and then we must and then O'Neill pushes yeah, O'Neill pulls the pins out of two grenades and he just drops them he's into the shell like, generators and he blows them up. He's like, grenades. And then Teal'c says, this vessel is no longer protected by an energy field. So that's it? That is it. And then O'Neill says, I think what the captain is asking is, what now? Now we die. <laughs> O'Neill, well, that's a bad plan. Where are the glider bo- bays from here? so yeah that it was so funny because like before jack was like ready to die and now he's like well shut up i'm not dying now like we're getting out of here like we actually like did like we're making this work we're gonna take these ships out like i'm trying to get out of here with my life now Mm -hmm. like this is a solid plan let's let's get out of here so back at the sgc walter confirms both ships are moving closer together and hammond wants to figure out like what the hell is going on um Braytac uses a shock grenade to take out the Jaffa and the glider bay, and they board the gliders and escape right as the ship blows. So you have Teal'c and Jack in one, because Teal'c has to pilot one, and then 
no, is it no, it's Teal and Sam and then Braytac and Jack. Yes. In the other one. And it's funny because like Braytac tosses him like the communication thing that they stick on their face. He's like, human, put this on. And Jack is like, Will you stop calling me human? <laughs> um so kind of simultaneously we see daniel was able to move to the sarcophagus and heal himself and apparently now the sarcophagus does fix your clothes oh yeah that's a feature it's like he it's a new um it's an (laughs) Mm add-on that's an upgrade it's an upgrade (laughs) Um, love it so he sees that there's one minute left on the c4 and he makes his way to the gate back on apophis's ship he tries to use the control panel but it won't work because Braytac shot it up and it's like all melted. And he and Clarell take the transport rings to where? I don't know. Pothole. I don't know if we ever mm. find out or if that's ever like touched on again. But mm. they take the transport rings somewhere. Daniel dials the gate and escapes right as the ship blows. And back at the SGC, it's like it really reminded me of Independence Day where they're all like cheering they're like walter's like we have reports from all over the country a huge fireball in the night sky (laughs) and everyone's like super happy and it's like super feel good yay we won we did it i feel like there are a lot of moments in these two parts that feel very independence day motivated Mm -hmm. um, including like hammond's speech yes and like there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of it that's like okay we're definitely going to capitalize on how big Independence Day was when it came out. And because this Mm -hmm. was still only like a year and a half, two years after. And they probably, when they were conceiving of it, it was way, way before that. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I do really love Bill Pullman's speech in that movie though. That was a great speech. The music, everything. I sometimes watch that speech when I need inspiration. Sidebar. Bonnie. (laughs) Oh, Bonnie. (laughs) Bonnie took me to see Independence Day in the movie theaters because I was like 14. And uh, she threatened to stand up and put her hand over her heart during that entire speech in the middle of the movie theater. Stop. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, ladies and gentlemen, Bonnie. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's a great speech. Like, it's very inspirational. So, you know? I was, you know, mortified 14 year old, though, like just grabbing her and being like, please just sit down. Oh, <laughs> my mom lived in my teenage years for to um embarrass the shit out of me in public (laughs) i love it oh bonnie bonnie i have (laughs) oh bless her heart i have a speaking of embarrassing children's stories so my aunt which i mentioned on the last episode she also loved to embarrass the shit out of her children my cousins and what she would do is she would pull up, you know, they were at a friend's house. She would pull up with the windows down playing music, <laughs> but not just any music. And specifically, I remember the one time she was playing Crocodile Rock by Elton John. <laughs> um, just like blaring it loud. And, yeah. And of course, like when when the kids came out, they were just like, oh, my God, mom, like so embarrassing. Oh, I love but, it. Oh, man. I love no it now. And adults. it trained me to not really be embarrassed by anything anymore. Uh, Good. At the time, I was mortified. And I'm sure there will be more opportunities for Bonnie stories in future episodes. I love Bonnie stories. <laughs> She's like, you're talking about me on your podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Of course yeah, I mom. am. <laughs> of course If you listened, you would know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we cut back to them and the gliders, and Sam is, like, analyzing the situation, talking about how the gliders were damaged and they're in low orbit, so they're going to, like, burn up in Earth's atmosphere and and basically, like, we're toast, you know, but... Jack cuts her off and he says, Captain, take a look up. It's beautiful. She's look at it's earth. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful blue marble earth. It's beautiful. Yeah. And Jack says, yes, it is. We saved it, sir. Yes, we did. So then we cut back to earth where they have an incoming traveler and it's Daniel. And he confirms with Hammond that they were on the ships and there was a Stargate on the ship. And he dialed the site that was the beta site in the alternate reality, which is the alpha site site in this reality or the Aloha site in the alternate alternate (laughs) reality of Sarah's bad spelling mistakes. Um, So SG-1 are still on the gliders and Jack is like, you know, Captain, this wasn't such a bad day after all. Not bad at all. We die well, Teal'c. And more than that, old friend, we die free. Or not. <laughs> because what's coming up, what's pulling Yay. up to the glider windows, but the shuttles. Those formidable sh- craft of Earth. <laughs> uh, the endeavor. It's there. I love it. And I love I love the whole between Braytac and Teal'c where they, they're the whole, like, we die free. I love mm-hmm. that. Um that mentality that they have where it's like, you know, even if we're dying now, like we're dying on our own terms and mm-hmm. we're free. So I love when they bring that, they say that and bring that up mm-hmm. and they are greeted back at the SGC with cheers and applause. And like, it's very like independence day. Hooray. Um, Hammond greets Braytac mm-hmm. and he goes, master Braytac words cannot express our gratitude. You are Hammond of Texas? And he does the hand thing over Hammond. his bo- head. Hammond of Texas? And he, and he goes, Hammond says, I am. Your warriors serve you well. So they all have like, uh, Braytac is, you know, saying his farewells and, you know, he nods and he's like shaking hands and he, t- I love, he touches Teal's face. That was mm-hmm. sweet. Again, Very. like. Mm -hmm. I love that. It just shows how close they are and how affectionate they are. And then we see very dramatically Hammond's like, SG-1, there's someone I'd like you to to see. Mm -hmm. And we see Daniel emerges from the crowd. He's alive and well. And Jack hugs him and calls him a space monkey. Mm -hmm. And they all embrace and the camera pulls out and the rest of the SGC are just like congratulating them on their victory. It was awesome. They're there will be no court marshals here today. I think no. saving the world gets you out of that. Yeah, it yeah. kind of helps, to, you know. Yeah, I, I mean that's kind of a dick move to be like, you know, on a technicality, we still need to court martial you. No, BT no. dubs, guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, no. That was so, good. Yeah. yeah. Season that two opener. Look so at that! Exciting. Just like that, we're in season two. We are. This is All where right. it starts to get really good. Real, real good. Okay, whose turn to close the iris this time? Yours. No, uh, I did. No, I did I it think last it was, time. I was Senator Kinsey last time. No, girl. Yeah. No, because I did the one you that re- I said. You refused to do the live. So that doesn't count. 
No, but I did do it on the live because I said, Mm-mm-mm-mm. this is how I close out. I said, Mm-mm. fucking close the iris. Mm-mm. No, no, it's your turn. Because I did the <sighs> super depressed one for the, like... <clears throat> okay, okay, okay. Tin man, yeah. Oh, I should have practiced my southern twang. I could have done that as Hammond. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, give me a moment. Take, take, it's fine. I know what it's like to be in the hot seat. Take your time, girl. All right. Y'all gonna close that iris or? Come on now. Let's close that iris. Awesome. I love it. Wow. Wow.